0: It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Racklevin. it is Tuesday, September 15th. Week one in the books, baby. Week two, waiver wire on the show today. Last night was cool unless you own Saquon Barkley or James Conner or... All right, last night wasn't that cool in a lot of instances, but week one is out of the way. I also have some pieces of advice for you as we enter the first big waiver run of the year. I'm going to get to that Before I get into the recommendations, we'll have recommendations from shallow to deep for you on the show today and fab recommendations for all the picks on the board, including some defensive streamers. Before I get to that, of course, you know what I got to do. I got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Of course you do. Then you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning even you. MonkeyKnifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and something called football. Ever heard of it? Fight has it all. You know what else? Monkeyknifefight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Use that promo code RANT, R-A-N-T- that is the best way to help this podcast out right now. appreciate everybody who has signed up. I hear that people are having fun playing football. Now the football is back, it's fun over there at monkeyknifefight.com. The other sports are fun too, but I know that people who listen to this podcast really want to play football. So go check it out. Use the promo code RANT. All right, so before we dive into the waiver recommendations, just a couple quick notes. Don't freak out to week one. If you own Saquon Barkley, you took him second overall, don't freak out. If you owned Odell Beckham Jr., you took him in the fourth round. Don't freak out. It was week one. Don't freak out. Forest over trees. Week one is a tree. There are gonna be a lot of trees this season. We got 15 more of them. But if we just look at week one, we forget about the bigger picture. Oftentimes we make bad decisions. So don't freak out over week one. Don't make any drastic moves. And sometimes, hey, I've said this before: if the move isn't there don't make the move. And it's a lot like, the waiver wire is a lot like trades. You know, I keep saying, and if you're a listener of this podcast and you've listened to all 50 plus episodes that we've had, this is episode 56 right here, then you've heard me say this numerous times and you get it. But if you're just coming onto the show now, onto the podcast now, when you get a trade offer, the first question you ask yourself isn't, should I accept? It's, does this offer make my team better? And if it does, then yeah, you accept. You answered the question. And if it doesn't, if it's meh, or if it's like, no, that's bad, then obviously you don't accept. But the same thing, you have to go through that same process with waivers, right? So you know, like if you're looking at one of these quarterbacks that I'm going to recommend, and say you have like somebody like Jared Goff, who already is a meh guy, and you say, "All right, I want to," I'll here the spoiler. I'm going to talk about Gardner Minshew, and I, I'm not in love with Gardner Minshew, but let's say you want to pick him up. Does that make your team better? Dropping Jared Goff for Gardner Minshew? Eh, maybe a little bit. Maybe not. I don't think it's it's either way. You know, it's not terrible. But then the other consideration you have to you have to make when you make waiver claims is if I drop this guy, does that give my league an advantage in some way? Like if you drop a quality guy like Odell Beckham Jr., somebody in your league is gonna get an advantage. I had a caller on my Sirius XM show say that Kenny Galladay was available. Like that's crazy. That's a drop you would never make because you're gonna make somebody else in your league better. So does it make my team better, or could this make somebody else better, if you drop Jared Goff, no, it's probably not going to be, in a two-quarterback, yes, it would make somebody better, but not in a one-quarterback league, but just go through that, those considerations, right, and then the other thing that we need to talk about is your fab money, so if you aren't doing fab, it is 2020, I'm telling you, fab is really the way to go, it's auction bidding style, traditional waivers, Hey, man, I I get the the background of it. You know, there are people who say, well, it makes things more fair. Like fantasy football isn't freaking fair. (laughs) Like it's not fair. It's not because typically the best players win. So that's not necessarily really fair. They have an advantage. It doesn't have to be fair, does it? It makes things more fair by giving the worst team the best pick. We used to do that in one of my home leagues, and every stinking year, the team who won the league had a losing record. They would get out to like 0 and four, then and they just clean up on the waiver wire every week, and then all of a sudden they steamroll to the championship. (laughs) Come on, Uh, is that fair? I don't think that is either. So anyway, I think Fab's the way to go, and I know it's a little intimidating for people who haven't used Fab before. But it's just like anything. Like I've seen people in their first auction drafts, and auction can be intimidating. Like they're in there and they're a little nervous. You can tell it's like their first one, and they, they don't know what's going on. Five minutes in, they're fine. It's like they've been doing it all their lives. You pick it up quickly. You pick up fab very quickly. So if your league isn't doing it, you should be. Basically, every single commissioner site out there offers it in some way, shape, or form. It's now the norm. It's status quo. It's not uh, it's not new and, and unique anymore so I would highly recommend shipping, shifting over. Now, I will say about fab a couple things. First and foremost, your fab will never be worth more than it is now. Think about it. Let's say you get a guy, he ends up being a starter for you for the next 15 weeks, and you pay $15 for him. Right now, this week, you paid a dollar a week for that guy. That's pretty good value. As opposed to, let's say you get a guy in week 15, so you just have one one week left, right? He's a starter for you, but you paid $15 for him. You just paid $15 for one week. It's 15 times as much. Even though you paid this quote-unquote same amount for him, you didn't get as much bang for your buck. So that being said, though, I don't want to go overboard and just spend all my fab. I'm in one of my home leagues. I know a couple folks from my home leagues listen to this podcast. You know who I'm talking about here. This this dude will spend all his fab by week three. <laughs> It's gone. It's burning a hole in his pocket right now. Now, I don't want to go that far, but that being said, if Kenny Galladay was on the free, like the caller from XM, I would spend, I told him I'd spend 90 to 95% of my fab on Kenny Galladay because you just don't get that. You don't get a 15-week starter for, for nothing you know, basically what you're getting there, you know, anyway, on, on on the waiver wire, so just be careful, know what your league does, as I talk about my recommendations, just know if your league is like crazy, they spend their money like crazy, then know you may have to go above my recommendations, if they are, uh, you know, if there are folks who are maybe a little bit more conservative, I'm in another league that's very conservative on fab, you know you can go a little bit uh, tighter to the vest on your bids, I would also put up some blocker bids. You know, let's say, for example, you had a guy who you think could go for like 75 to 100%. You're not going to spend that, right? But what if you put in 35% or something along those lines? You know, you probably won't get him, but you never know. There could be that mindset of, you know well, everybody else is going to spend 90% on them, so I'm not. And if everybody in your league thinks that, I've seen this happen a couple times where guys have skated through and gotten somebody way cheaper than they should just because nobody else put in a bid for them. So make sure you're putting in blocker bids, you got to play defense a little bit, make people you know, it's basically a price enforcement thing. Uh, I would also put in multiple players, you know, you know, so if you're looking at you want to pick up a running back and you don't think you think Malcolm Brown maybe goes too high this week, then I would put in a price for him. I'd put a price for, you know, the next couple guys on the list, which I'll get to in a minute. So, you know, a couple pieces of strategy, stuff we don't talk about often enough, I think, in fantasy, the strategy behind waivers. So, anyway, let's get into it. Let's start with quarterback here. And uh, well, at the top of my list, I do have Gardner Minshew, like I said, but I only put in four percent on him. I'm not going to get carried away with the week one results. Three touchdowns, but you know, minimal yardage wasn't a heavy volume passing game. I think he's worthy of being, you know, basically right on the edge of top twenty, and that means he should probably be stashed away on a bench, even in shallower leagues. Uh, but um, you know, not getting too crazy. It's not a great quarterback week. I have Ryan Tannehill at two percent, two passing scores. He uses his legs a little bit. Another guy who probably should be owned. I like him in two quarterback leagues, especially. That's where I end up uh, drafting him in in one of my bigger two quarterback leagues, and and I'm using him along with uh, Cam Newton. And I don't mind that, and you could definitely do worse than Ryan Tannehill on waivers this week. All right, so let's go to like deep format, and and really, this is two quarterback format. I think there are two quarterbacks who could be added. Mitchell Trubisky, it's two quarterback only, going 1% on these guys, by the way. The thing about Trubisky is he's I think he basically did enough to, you know, he's going to have September at least in that game. He did enough there. So he's the starter. If you're a starter, you should basically be owned in two quarterback leagues. Uh, And then the other is Tua Tungavailoa. It's almost Tua time. It's almost Tua time. Ryan Fitzpatrick got the vote of confidence for one more week, but I'm sticking to it. I think we see Tua in September. And uh, that means if he didn't get drafted in a two quarterback league, I would swoop in and pick him up. Uh, Moving over to running back, and by the way, this assumes that better players aren't out there. I had somebody ask me earlier on Twitter, "Well, hey, Antonio Gibson, would you like him more than the running backs you you uh, recommended?" And I said yes. I mean, I'll talk about Peyton Barber in a little bit, but he was uninspiring, as I said on the show yesterday. So yeah, I would like Antonio Gibson more. If there are obvious names out there, I, I try to cover as many players as possible. But if there are obvious names, I can't get to all the names, and you should prioritize them above the guys I mention on the show. But really, there are four names for me this week. Malcolm Brown, James Robinson, Naeem Hines, Benny Snell, and I prefer them in that order. Brown, I'm going 20 to 25% on. And the, the, the challenge here is, you know, hey, if Cam Akers wasn't used at all, I would be like 50% on Brown. But Akers was used. Akers had 14 carries in this game, so I don't think this is just clear, hey, it's the Malcolm Brown show and that's that, but also you can't deny, can't ignore the fact that he he goes out, he scores two touchdowns, he has 18 carries, he looked pretty good in the process, and he knows the offense. I just don't think this is going to stick for the entire season, so that's why I'm not going overboard there. If he goes for 50% in your league, I mean, honestly, I'm not spending 50% on this dude. I'm just not doing it. Robinson, I'm going 15 to 20% on, and I really like that he's grabbed the bull by the horns. He has the opportunity, and, and really, in a tough matchup, 88 yards on 17 touches is not bad for the rookie. Naeem Hines, 15 to 18%. I'm going to say be careful. Be careful. Jonathan Taylor, as Roto World has told a lot of my listeners, uh, the Roto World effect is real, but he is going to be the starter. Hines is going to be involved. Now, here's the thing. Who does Hines remind us of? Maybe Austin Eckler a little bit. I mean, maybe he's got some traits, right? And hey, Austin Eckler did pretty good with Phil Rivers, and Frank Reich has the connection to the Chargers as well, so we could see a little bit of that type of production, but I do still think it's, it's more Jonathan Taylor than Hines. So I'm not going overboard. This is one of those where you can't just look at the last week's fantasy stats. And then Benny Snell took advantage of the James Conner injury (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) James Conner, man, a lot of people frustrated with that one. But we don't know. I mean, basically, the team is saying that when he's back, he's still going to be the lead back. But Snell did a lot in that game. And I would say that even before the injury, like if you compared the two of them, Snell looked like the better player. Now, granted, it's week one, it's an uber small sample size, and maybe James Conner would have gotten going if he would have stayed in the game, you know, if he didn't get hurt, but for now, I think Snell is a must-own, just don't plan to have anything more than you know, uh, uh, if if Connor misses time starter, and then basically a handcuff, maybe a maybe a premium handcuff type in Snell, so twelve to fifteen percent on him. The position is deep though, so I think you could still swoop in if you don't think you can get the top guys. You could still pad your roster and churn your bench, man. Churn your bench. Your bench spot that that is that's a big time weapon for you. Your bench spots. If you have a backup defense, if you have a backup kicker, you are wasting your bench spots, and you should really be churning those bench spots. So basically, churning through guys who now you think aren't going to pan out. Some of the deeper guys, like maybe have somebody like Brian Edwards. I love Brian Edwards, but I would drop him in a heartbeat for Joshua Kelly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm churning that bench, and I, I don't know if Joshua Kelly's going to stick, or if when Justin Jackson is fully healthy, then he's good, and he's the guy. But I'm gonna churn it. And even if it's not Joshua Kelly, I'm gonna churn that churn that bench spot for Chase Edmonds or Jarek McKinnon. So I have Kelly at 10 to 12%, Edmonds at eight to ten, McKinnon at five to eight. I'm churning the that bench spot. I'm churning it. I, anybody who, you know, really didn't show much in week one, Michael Pittman Jr., I'm getting him out of there and I'm gonna add somebody who I think has has more upside. Doesn't always work, but you know. What I love more than anything, I picked up McKinnon in a league. I got him at 1% right before the games on on I got him on Sunday morning. Um, because we have a Saturday night fab run in that league. He I haven't recommended at 5 to 8%. So I already made money in, in terms of that in my my investment in McKinnon. And I love that. Every year I'll see guys who I'll have them at, you know, one or two percent to start. Then the next week on the waiver column they're up three to five percent. Then the next week they're up like five to eight, and then all of a sudden it's like 10 to 20. Like, if you can get out ahead of your league, then you're in a good position, and you do that by churning your bench. Uh, Adrian Peterson also four to five percent. I mean, I think DeAndre Swift's ultimately going to take over, but for now, Peterson could be in a, in a relatively deeper league. He could be a starter for you. Um, not, not that sexy, but he touched the ball a lot. Jamal Williams, one to three percent. AJ Dillon, if he's on your bench, churn. Get rid of him uh, Jamal Williams is, is a better player to own right now than, than AJ Dillon. Uh, he is the backup. Frank Gore, one to 3%. Leb Bell is going to miss some time. So Frank Gore is an unsexy guy, but you, you could be in a pinch. Peyton Barber. <laughs> 17 for 29. Oh man, Peyton Barber. I don't, I'm not going to count Bryce Love out, but I do think Peyton Barber at least should be picked up in deep leagues. How about Miles Gaskin? One to two percent on him, but man, he looked like the best Dolphins back. I mean, I were warn- Jordan Howard. <laughs> Jordan Howard, I, I can't. But he's he was such a nice guy when he came on my Sirius XM show. I I I can't be too mean, but I just don't like him for fantasy whatsoever. Uh, and then I'll go Corey Clement one one percent. If Miles Sanders can't get back, we're gonna see a lot of Corey Clement. Uh, so anyway, moving on to wideout. Wideout is not as sexy this week. The top player who might be available outside of the obvious names is Sammy Watkins. I'm going 15% on him. McCole Hardman, churn that bench. I don't know if he's ownable right now. He's the number four wide out there. And I don't think that changes. Sammy bit us last year in week one, but maybe we get, you know, we get a a little bit more out of him this year. He certainly was heavily involved there in week one this season. How about Paris Campbell at 10%? Got out of the gate really well. Six for 71 on nine targets. Really riffs well with Philip Rivers, so I like him and really has asserted himself ahead of Michael Pittman in the pecking order. Robbie Anderson at 8%. Shout out to Temple University. Had the 75-yard score. Don't expect that every week, but he was involved, so he should be on a bench at least. Mike Williams, 9 targets, 7% for him. Who else is going to catch the freaking football there other than him, Keenan Allen, and Hunter Hendry? That's it. That's all they have. That's all they have. Alan Lazard at 7%, Marquez Valdez Scantling at 5%. Wait a minute, Jeff. MVS outscored Lazard. That is true, but MVS was outsnapped by Lazard. Lazard is the two. He's the better add if he's out there 7% on him, 5 on MVS. Still want to add MVS. Corey Davis, The Godfather Part 3. Just when we thought we were out, he pulled us back in. a a hunch. He goes up over a hunch on Monday night. (laughs) Is he this year's Devontae Parker, maybe? I I, I almost got into brokeback territory with Corey Davis, so just saying, but um, I'm not going to get too crazy here, and if I'm an A.J. Brown owner, I'm not panicking. Brown's still out-targeted Davis. Davis just, you know, caught more and, you know, obviously had more yards, but he should be on. Uh, Loviska Chenault Jr., 5% on him as well, so both he and Davis at 5%. He basically supplanted Didi. He is, um He's an interesting player, just not overly bullish on that passing game. Russell Gage, 3%. Yes, he went up over a hunch, but come on, he's the number three receiver there. That's not going to happen very often. I I mean, that's so rare for three guys to go up over 100 yards on the same roster. So we'll go 3% on him. We'll go 2% on Anthony Miller. Eh. We'll go 2% on him. A lot of upside. I want to see his roll increase. And then just a 1% or deep league dart on Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin and uh, 10 targets. I mean, he didn't put up a big line, but 10 targets in that game. If Kenny Galladay Uh, is still out, and there's still a chance that we we could see a little bit more Cephas anyway uh, going forward. Moving over to tight end, the obvious answer to the question this week, Dallas Goddard, 15% on him. If you are in a league with me, good luck, because I drafted him in all of them. (laughs) Good luck, but uh, otherwise, he's still out there. He's out there in about 45% of ESPN leagues. That's surprising. Nine targets for him. I'm not panicking if I have Zach Ertz, but I think this team is going to sustain two top 10 fantasy tight ends this season. her off to a good start. O.J. Howard, 5%. Meh. I think Gronk ultimately uh, increases his role moving forward, but tight ends brutal. <laughs> so I, I I think he could do worse than Howard. I'm also looking at guys who saw some decent volume. So Logan Thomas saw eight targets. So we'll go 3% on him. He got in the zone too. So I, I'm, I'm impressed. Converted college quarterback and finally, really seems to have have gotten it. You know, he's been in the league for a while, and he's really gotten it. He looks so good in that game against the Eagles, too. Chris Herndon, three percent on him. Not necessarily a big box score, but he had seven targets. So follow the volume. We'll go with Greg Olson, one percent. No upside, but man, that that was a pretty touchdown reception with Russ just firing the ball at him, and he's the clear top tight end there as well. Jordan Akins, one percent, isn't the clear top tight end in in Houston, but he's got upside, so it's sort of like the polar opposite of Greg Olson, so if you're in a deeper league, and you need some help, those guys could help you out there, all right, so I'll be honest, week two defensive streamers, it's ugly, because we're dealing with very minimal data points, and some of the better matchups are going to, you know, defenses that are already rostered, so I do have four that I'm going with, this is dirty, it's the 34 here, Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to go after Gardner Minshew yet again. It didn't necessarily work last week, but I'm going to go after him one more time here. Uh, the Titans kind of held the the Broncos in check. It's not like they produced a lot of, any, you know, they didn't produce any turnovers, uh, you know, in, no interceptions on Drew Locke, but they held him in check, and I'm going to go for that upside uh, with the, uh, you know, with the matchup against Minshew and the Minshew Moxie. Arizona Cardinals, not a very good defense, but they're facing Haskins. Haskins had uh, three sacks, and he was hit 10 times in week one, so there's some potential there. And I like what we saw at Arizona in week one, I'll be honest with you. Cleveland, there was a lot to like about Joe Burrow in week one as well, but he still showed signs of being a rookie, so I'm going to go after him with the Browns. I, I actually like both sides of this, but I'm going to go with the better defense which is the Browns right now, Uh, and then the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We're going to go after Tom Brady with the Panthers. Panthers, not a good defense on paper, but any defense can put up numbers, and really, you don't have to be a good defense to be a good fantasy defense. You just got to score a a touchdown or two or maybe three. I'll take three. Uh, (laughs) Not going to happen, but going after some interceptions, maybe he had two picks, three sacks in week one, for Brady so we'll go after him here these are risky these are risky now I know a lot of people drafted defenses though uh, in good situations for week two so you probably don't have to stream but if you did there you go if you want this entire list it's up right now at ftnfantasy.com so go check that out and we are hard at work getting everything up and running here for week 2 rankings projections all that good stuff so we'll be ready to roll for you there i'll have mine up by you know early evening that's typically what we do on Tuesdays so you have it there to make your waiver wire decisions on ftnfantasy.com appreciate everybody reviewing the show on iTunes if you haven't already that's a great way to help the show out so go the easiest way to do so if you have an iPhone open up the podcast app, find my podcast, The Rant, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. It's that simple, and I appreciate all the help. also appreciate everybody interacting on social media, at Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram, and use the hashtag Rad Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. Tomorrow, rankings. Game on, baby. Week two. On to week two. Let's do it enjoy the waiver wire process. Don't freak out tonight, and I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.